I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I'm secretly married to a goat. And I'm Av Sinensky, and I just had sex with someone who wasn't alive during the bicentennial. <laughs> oh, that sounds very fun, Av. I'm sorry I was late tonight. I was at a hockey game, but then uh, after that, I was having one of my boobs reduced. Welcome back to Pretty Good Friends, a friends podcast between Pretty Good Friends. We are here today to discuss season one, episode 22, the one with the ick factor, which originally aired on May the 4th, 1995. And I've been teasing it for like two weeks, so I guess yes, I'm talk yes. About. Oh, I forgot. I actually completely forgot about that. Oh, now I'm okay. actually now I'm like very excited. I completely forgot about that. Uh, okay, now did I, I think I, I think I shared the screenshot with you from from Sports Center, or did I not? If can we do it again, even if you yes, did? Sure, I will say. Okay, so uh, on the night that this episode aired, episode twenty-two, the one with the ick factor, mm-hmm. the Knicks finish off the Cleveland Cavaliers in four games to advance to the second round against the Pacers. Sounds good. This will be a dramatic series. Okay. Oh, so you say. In game one, Reggie Miller will score eight points in 8.9 seconds to mount a single-handed comeback to steal game one in the Garden. Yes, and I remember where I was for that game. I was at I was at my Little League baseball game, and I watched the game. They had like a little um, shop there where you could like buy like hot dogs and pizza, and like yeah. the guy there had a TV, mm. and like we were all crowding around there watching the end of the the Knicks game, watching this horrific meltdown. Um, oh. Reggie Miller, he just always did it. He always did it to us. Yeah. Now, uh, it's about to get a much worse day for you because back then <laughs> oh, you, only had, you only had one TV. You didn't have a smartphone. You didn't have, you didn't have any other way to know what was going on at that very same time. Um, but I watched SportsCenter from that very night mm-hmm. uh, recently. And I have bad news for you because that night was a bad night uh, for your New York Knicks. It was also a bad night uh, for your New York Rangers and for your New York Mets, uh, all three of whom blew enormous leads that day. Uh, the Rangers are up 4-2 over Quebec in the third period, only to give up three consecutive goals in the last 10 minutes of the game. The final one, a hat-trick winner for Joe. Oh, oh. 38 seconds to go. Yeah, I was going to say, I, was, I kind of remember the sacking mm. thing, as you were going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so a really bad, uh, b- bad uh, evening for you uh, shortly after this episode aired. Uh, the Mets, meanwhile, were playing uh-huh. the Cincinnati Reds, who were 1-8, and eight, which is very bad. Yes. And the Mets were winning 11-4, to four, which is very good. Yes, you would, you would have a high win probability. Yeah. Would you like to guess what their win probability was? It was in the it, bottom of the eighth inning. Bottom of the eighth inning? Oh, yes. my gosh. I mean, 99.8%? Yes. Uh, according to BaseballReference.com, it was 100%. Oh, 100%. Okay. Now, well, now, the AB now, disagrees. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> so uh, what I assume that means is that they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't show decimals. So right. It's it, just not even it's, worth well, it. Yeah. It's at it's least 99.5%. So you said 99.8. That sounds pretty accurate here. Yeah. Um, now, unfortunately, two Mets relievers combined to give up six runs. Oh, man. While only getting one out. Well, but they, we're still winning. Yeah. So now the Mets <laughs> okay. is down to 11. Oh, so, to 10, okay. So it'll be fine. Entering the ninth inning. So that's an okay. 84. Oh, I should have asked. No sweat. 84% win probability. Okay. Okay. Usually when you're winning, entering the ninth inning, you win. That's usually what 84% is like basically the chance that shot in the dark won't hit. Yes, exactly. So, it's not yes. something that you were counting on yeah. at any particular time. Exactly. Of course. Like, well, it's not going to happen. Of course. I, I, you know, so that eighth inning collapse doesn't really matter, right? Um, unfortunately, no. no we'll the still Mets, probably win. Yes. The Mets do give up an 11th run in the bottom of the ninth inning. Mm. Okay. So, I, so I now, wish I could have seen that coming. Yeah. Not, you get to go to extra innings, get another chance. Okay. Oh, okay. Maybe it'll go well. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, Jerome. Wait, Walton, do we get to uh, start with a guy in second base? 
Yeah, no, not yet. Uh, Jerome Moulton, uh, but there might as well have been one um, for the Reds because Jerome uh, Moulton hits a two-run walk-off home run oh, man. Uh, to win the game. Do you remember Jerome Moulton? No. So he wins Rookie of the Year for the Cubs in 1989. Mm-hmm. He did stuff say, for the Mets in that game. And you say 1989, but we're 1995, and that is correct. But in the in the following uh, six years, he never did anything. He never played a full season again. In his career, he had 25 home runs. Uh, by far the biggest one being this one to uh, clinch what must have been your weekend from hell. Yeah. Um, and so, and then, you know, I really only remember the Reggie Miller thing though. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it was, it and was kind but, of the Joe Sackett thing rings a bell, but I'm probably, so I could be thinking of a different game too, probably. Yeah. Well, I guess also, probably not because that was the only time that they were in the, uh, the same conference, right? They put back and yeah. Cause then they moved to Colorado like immediately. Right. I mean, 96 they're in Colorado. So yes, this is literally yeah. the last year it's possible. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, it has to be that if I remember some big Sackett yeah. goal. Yeah, so a uh, rough, rough weekend uh, in New York, but uh, but hopefully the, the you were buoyed all weekend by having enjoyed that episode of Friends. Um, although, of course, I don't think any of us were watching Friends live that first season at this stage. Um, but should we get to the ick factor? We should get to the ick factor yeah. because the rest of this weekend had been one big ick so far, mm, as yes. you mentioned for me. Mm. It you was know, it's not an ick. Pearl Jam. Yeah, Pearl Jam. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to say that. That uh, tonight we're gonna we're the show's gonna be about friends. I actually don't know what I'm talking about exactly. Uh, the one with the ick factor, written by Alexa Young and directed by Robbie Benson, starts with us over in Central Park after some urging from monica and phoebe rachel finally reveals to the group the secret that has been making her a little bit uncomfortable about around our friend chandler Mm. um turns out that rachel had a sex dream about chandler where chandler and rachel did it on the very coffee table before which they all sit yeah ross is obviously very upset yeah but like the cash like fast forward you know, n- nine more seasons and everybody has sex with everybody. And so it's like, a, but like, you know, he has sex with all of them. Yeah. But in a world where nobody's hooked up with anybody yet, like the casual way Rachel shares this story yes. strikes me as like a little bit unrealistic. Like she um, would tell, she would tell the girls. I get that. She tells Monica and Phoebe and giggles. And maybe because she's a weirdo creep, she tells Ross and then Ross tells Chandler. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but like, it doesn't go Rachel. It's like the whole crowd at Central Park. This is like uh, an after hours conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I'm not disagreeing. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, right, doesn't seem like out in the coffee shop conversation. Yeah. I also, as soon as this very first scene starts, the first thing that I immediately noticed was uh, the late great Matthew Perry as Chandler. The hair slicked all the way back here. And I didn't like the look and I was confused by it. And then it quite quickly clearly became the reason why is because, well, this whole episode is about Chandler at work and being the big boss man. And so, uh, you know, he's uh, got the boss look here, the Pat Riley look. Boss but, man Bing. Um, yes, boss man Bing. Yeah. Um, we you are... did watch Winning Time, correct, on HBO? I watched every episode of Winning Time, of course. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. oh we never discussed it, I don't think. Um, did we? No. Um, I, I was even I on mean, a podcast talking about that show. A different podcast. You, yes, I listened to you. You were yeah. on the post-show recap. I listened exactly. to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're very good. Um, yeah, you're but, very but, knowledgeable so, about basketball. Well, <laughs> what did you think of the whole uh, the Pat Riley, like the, the hair, how that becomes like the big moment? Um, well, clearly they had a whole, whole, you know, wanted to do a whole lot more stuff that they were trying to like build out characters yeah. and then they got the rug pulled out from them and yes. nothing paid off. So yes, it's, it's all, really, it's almost the reverse of how Game of Thrones ended. It's correct. Yeah. If only, yeah. I mean, listen, 
um yeah it's really hard to judge the season two of the show given yeah. the circumstances under which it was obviously created produced so like yeah um i mean like the show literally ends with like a montage of like and here's everything that happened to these people over the next 20 years <laughs> yeah the lakers would go on to yes. many championships <laughs> we don't need to discuss that <laughs> um so yeah that's what i think about winning time i thought oh, yeah i had a lot of potential i love season one season two was like yeah uh, had its issues, but I still like it was still dessert. Like it was still very yummy to watch. Sure, yes, every episode yes. of I thought. Uh, speaking of shows that sort of give off that kind of vibe, I was um, just googling around the other day and discovered to my like shock and horror that like three shows that I watch that I consider myself like that I watched I'm on the list had entire seasons earlier this year that I totally missed. Oh really? Did you know there was a new season of Billions? Yeah, we're up to the finale. It just finished airing. Like there was a new season that just ended last week. Correct. We're How up did to I not know this? How is it so absent from like the culture in the world I'm in now? Obviously, a lot um, of stuff's happened in the last month, but like the previous two months. Um. Yeah. I. Um. Yeah. Whatever. It's not so good anymore. It's okay. Yeah, but I've watched six seasons. I'm not gonna not watch the last season of the show. Yeah. No, you should watch the last season. You'll watch yeah. it in a, like in a weekend. Like. Um, and so the same thing happened with um with Archer. Spoiler: Everyone betrays each other, and yeah. then, and then um <laughs> and, and then the Crown had a whole other season last November that I missed. And then the sixth season um, oh, the is Crown, actually coming out next week. Yeah, I don't watch that show. Horrible, yeah. horrible uh, show. <laughs> you want you want to keep the anti Brits here? Uh, the, the Crown is one of the most unbearable shows I've ever tried to watch. <laughs> uh, wait, which season did you watch? Because it's a totally different show, you know. The different I season. tried season one at one point, and I tried some season season four maybe. Oh, because season uh, one, I thought the early seasons were the best seasons. Yeah, hor- horrible garbage. <laughs> the only thing worse is Downton Abbey. I have no interest in Downton Abbey. Yeah, well, they're equally bad. They're equally low stakes. Wait, equally bad? You just said the other one was worse. The lowest oh, stakes show I've ever watched is The Crown. I mean, hold on a second. Let's talk about low stakes. Because before we started recording, you said that nothing was more important like, like in your life right now than this fantasy survivor of footballing. <laughs> not in my life. Not in my life. Sorry, in, the, okay. in, in, in the sports, football season. In, football. in the football okay, season. Yes. In the football season. Um, not yes. in my life. Okay, sorry. Not, not for in my life. Yes. <laughs> sorry. I didn't want to. Uh, yes. There's, there's other things more important. It's top five in my life. <laughs> But like your entire family knows the intimate details of there's no stakes at all. The stakes are negative here. <laughs> no, the stakes are fun. Okay. But then at the very least, you could say that the the crown, there's the stakes are fun. I mean, there's no. stakes of geopolitics. They're very no. minor stakes, but no, not, no, whatever. No. It's like, which room is this person going to sleep in? It's like, yeah, no, the, if the crux Johnson of is insulted at the state dinner, then, you know, there might be awkwardness. Uh, yeah. Who gives a They see each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So then they'll definitely try really hard to stop Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> as long as the person is not pissed off about the tea that he was given at the, at yeah. the state dinner, right? All right, so what are we, 26 minutes in when we got to Hitler this episode? I suppose. All right, that's uh, pretty late for us. <laughs> what took you so long, as Newman says? <laughs> Hitler oh, has sex with all of them. <laughs> um, Check that off your big okay. Yeah. So we're still we're still in we're still in Central Park, I believe, um, because uh, Chandler's actually very surprised that he did. He performed above expectations in the dream. Mm, yes, because he thinks he's always inadequate. And then like Ross is like such a Ross here. He yeah. like pulls Chandler's eye and he's like angry he's at him. Yeah. How <laughs> he's dare like, you? He's like, what the fuck do you want from me? Like, <laughs> dude, like I was very drunk and it was someone else's subconscious. So yeah. what the hell? Mm-hmm. Um, we circle right back here where Chandler is uh, seductively uh, trying to talk to Rachel now and she's not interested. <laughs> yeah. And Phoebe tells us that she has taught her massage 
um, clients a how to massage yourself at home workshop. <laughs> big mistake. And yes, big mistake. This has resulted in a complete evaporation of all of her business because yeah. they are now uh, massaging themselves at home. For yeah, me. because of course, once you can do it yourself, who why need someone else to do it? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's how. Yeah, it I mean, some things in life work that way. Uh, I don't feel like physical touch is one of those things. Yeah, yeah. So someone who likes massages is probably still going to want to get a yeah. massage. Yeah. Um. So Joey's like has the brilliant idea to just like yell out like, "Oh, Chandler, why don't you get Phoebe to come work for you? Mm -hmm. Like, you need someone." Yeah. Um. Which is obviously not at all what Chandler wants. Um. As he explains. Um, it's a type of role that involves being normal for long periods of time during the day, hmm. um, which, which I guess tough. is not like a nice way to say it if he was trying to be nice. But yeah, I don't know. Um, she doesn't seem to take it too badly. Yeah, the, the, there will be later be the episode where somebody they're all complaining. Oh, wait, was it earlier when they were all complaining about their bosses? And then Rachel points out because they're all sitting in a coffee shop at 1030 on a Tuesday. Did we already um, see that? Did we? I don't know. See that? I don't remember. But yeah, I mean, even even boss man Bing is hanging out here in the coffee shop all day long. So that's right. That's yeah. true. Um, so yeah, Ross's beeper goes off and they're like, why the hell does a paleontologist mm. need a beeper? Mm -hmm. um, you know, do you recall what Monica's explanation is? What Monica's explanation for? Oh, the dinosaur emergencies. Yes. Yeah, because in the, come quick, they're still extinct. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, now, of course, this this episode takes place in 95. A couple years later, uh, kids in my class started getting beepers. And, and uh -huh. I'm sure in your class as well, they were like suddenly the rage in like the mid to late nineties. And yeah. my, my history teacher in ninth grade, Dr. Korchek angrily said that the only people who need beepers are people whose wives are pregnant or are drug dealers. And what about boys in our class, well, he was talking about teenagers, I guess. Ah. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. What about Doogie Hauser? Well, anyways, the point is no one in our class had a pregnant Was wife. Was Doogie Howser in his class? All, no, Doogie Howser's not in my class. Okay, fine. So, yeah. So, he was implying that they were all drug dealers. And only some of them were drug dealers, okay? Some of them were just right. posers, okay? So, Dr. Cortez. Some, I assume, were good people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So were the drug uh, dealers also rapists? <laughs> Presumably. I, mean, uh, <laughs> I hope not, but, yeah. If you're going to deal drugs, why wouldn't you also rape while you're I at suppose, it? Yes. I never asked them that question. Yeah. So we find out that Ross's number is 55 Jimbo. Mm -hmm. um, Chandler thinks this would be also a good name for his son. 55. A, beautiful name. 55 for a boy or a yeah. girl. It can't be Matembo's number. That's true. That's yeah. true. You could, you could do like the no, no, no. <laughs> That's his thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The finger. Yeah, the finger wag. Um, yeah. And we find someone out. Someone else did that in Seinfeld. We find out that Monica has been going out with someone whom the gang refers to as young Ethan. Mm-hmm. And this is someone who we learn is a senior in college. Mm -hmm. And um, that's interesting. How are you going out with someone who's a senior in college? Well, it turns out that Monica has led young Ethan to believe that she, too, is around the age of a senior college and that she is 22 years old. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Phoebe's like, you can't pass for 22. Like, maybe you could pass for 26. And Monica's like, I am 26. Yeah. And she's and, like, you see, I disagree. You I think. I think Monica could pass for 22 much more than, and we'll get to him, right? But yeah. um, much more than young Ethan can of pass course. for what he actually is. Correct. Yeah, no, I have I have their ages written out, actually. Yeah, Stan Kirsch. He was 26 at the time of filming. The exact same age as, my, as Monica alleges to be here. Yes, exactly. Yeah. She was 31, yes. um, but I believe he was older than both Jennifer Aniston and Lisa Kudrow. Yes, and and I, the and I I spent a lot of time staring at him, trying to say what what is the youngest I could possibly convince myself that he is. <laughs> yeah, and the, the lowest I got is 22. 
which is what uh, Haraka claims to be. He could be 22. It is impossible that he's 18 years old. It's not possible. Yeah. Which is what he is in the end. In fact, we'll actually get to how old he is because uh, uh, her, her her allegations of felonies uh, implies otherwise. But anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, okay. So we go over to Chandler's office mm-hmm. and um, Phoebe's like, you know, it's her first day on the job. And... Yeah. So Chandler, by the way, much like George with the Yankees, he just has hiring capabilities. I guess we already knew he could fire, so he can now right. can hire. Right. Well, at least he yeah. can hire his own secretary, I guess. Well, I mean, I've had administrative assistants. Um, I've never once been in a position to hire like a friend as such an assistant. It's like, uh, you know, the company uh, does it. And then, you know, they're just distributed sort of, uh, you know. Right. Um, I mean, so have you uh, had hiring capabilities? Um, no, but I could probably get somebody hired to something could you hire your friend it. as your assistant if you wanted to? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I mean, not mean. if they were like not qualified, but like if well, like acting normal most of the time. But day, like if that... the role was my assistant and I said, "Hey, I have someone who I've worked with in the past, and they're excellent sure, yeah, 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 yeah. to be yes. my assistant." Yes. Like, you could give a recommendation. They would have still yeah. have to like go through HR, but they would have a yes. very good chance of being hired for the role mm. of my assistant, right? If mm. that was so, their role. So which I is still what have the a scenario chance. is here yeah. for Chandler, right? So I still have a chance of being your butler. You're saying. Yes, you have a chance. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. Yeah, but saying. you still have to go through HR. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. As long as I have a leg up. Wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is a wink, wink. But if okay. it's for the role of my butler, then I have a big say. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> so they are watching the phone together, and Chandler points out to her that this is her job to answer the phone. And Chandler um, then watches her pick up the phone and she's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. She takes a message and he's like, what the hell? And I'm right here. And she's like, oh, it was Ross. And he's like, oh, okay, good secretary. This woman knows what she's doing. Um, but she, he, she's a little bit too friendly. He has trouble like getting her to leave him alone so that he can actually do some work. Like he won't leave. Then when she leaves, she like calls him again. Um, so it's not quite working out perfect. So we head back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you notice that Chandler had our friend Rob's magic eight ball on his desk? Um, I did not. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so Rachel and Monica's place where Mm. Monica is like getting, you know, getting the place really clean. She's getting ready. Um, Rachel, Rachel go tell like Monica's like extra, you know, nervous about tonight. Yeah. Now how many dates, how many dates have they had? Um, feels like, I don't know, four to five. Okay. And have they, what have they kissed? Have they fooled around? Like, it's not exactly clear. Uh, they've, definitely, on... they've definitely kissed. Okay, but uh, because they like nothing... we, I think we see them kissing before they even, but before nothing, she even... But, but nothing past first base. Um, possibly more. I don't yeah. know. All right, we'll get to that. Fine. Okay. Um, you, yeah, but you, Ra- you, you're happy to hear your theories that you okay. concluded that. <laughs> okay. But Rachel here uses, "Did you shave your legs?" as proof they're having sex tonight. Correct. But which, like, like shaving your legs would be like before any date, you know, especially if you, depending on what your outfit is going to be, right? Like, I don't know what people who I, I don't know i don't know the answer to that question. i don't know ask, what women do ask your rachel um, yes. did you shave your legs before you went on dates even if you didn't plan on having sex on those dates <laughs> i'll definitely ask it to her that way yeah. 
Um, yeah, because the answer is going to be yes. Uh, you know, unless you're wearing like like jeans and you're completely confident that there's nothing physical happening at all. But like, but that's sort of what implies again that they haven't really done anything other than maybe you know over the clothing, right? Well, you could also you know people can be very confident that they're not doing anything below the belt if that's their intent. So yeah. like they could just know I'm not taking off my pants. Yeah, I just feel but like I'm going to fool around a little bit. Every day you go on, you're like, you know, you're wearing, you know, nice, fresh, clean underwear and you're and you, you've you sort of uh, improved your physical uh, circumstances. To I have no idea what people do. <laughs> people are wearing dirty underwear on first dates. <laughs> no, they're probably not wearing dirty underwear. I have yeah. no idea what people well, do no, with, I like with your theory. the hair on their legs. Well, I like your theory that um, I typically do nothing with the hair on my legs, yeah, so I don't know what other people. Yeah, do. that's true. I, li- I like your theory that. Well, I've decided I don't want anything below the pants happening, so therefore I will intentionally. Not yeah, maybe away. that'll scare them as off. A, yeah, if they if they try something. So that's the reason. Like, oh, okay, not interesting. So that maybe people were dirty underwear dates for the same reason. Perhaps. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Yes. All right. Fend off the molesters. Anyways, so Rachel has uh, found out, of course, that Monica is trying that tonight will be the very lucky first night. Or so she thinks. Yes. So she'll be correct. <laughs> I got tonight I feel, will I, be I, the night she deflowers a child. Yes, I feel like if, if the girl wants it to be the night, I feel like she'll be correct uh, in overwhelmingly high percentage of the time. She, she has a lot of control. Usually. Yes, yes. So so says uh, stereotypes. Yes, um, stereotypes that are usually true. Yes, and the very the very limited personal experience of two Lotharios. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, back to Central Park. Ross talking with Joey about Rachel's dream when his beeper goes off and he assumes it's because Carol's in labor, but it turns out that he's being called by someone who's looking for someone named Andre. Mm. Um, and this is the third such per- call looking for Andre today. Mm. Yeah. Um, Ross explains that he doesn't offer the types of services that Andre seems to have provided. And it seems that they might be looking not for 55 Jimbo, but for 55 Jumbo. Mm-hmm. Um, presumably, Andre is some sort of sex worker, I'm guessing. Yes. It, now, it's very uh, Seinfeld would reference, you know, in the early seasons when it's still the late 80s. KL5. Yes. But like by the 90s, this was not a thing. And I guess that 5-5 five, five Jimbo Jumbo, I mean, here it's like it's different. It's an advertising thing. But Ross introduced his number that way, right? Like r- why wouldn't Ross just say the actual numbers of his phone number, right? You mean to say 555? F- five, five, five? Yeah, Ross would say my number is five 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 four six two six. He wouldn't say my number is five five jump Jimbo. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I've never uh, said a phone number that way. Yeah, and then of course, why does also why is he now? I do. Re- there was a time when like Google Phone started in like two thousand five, and you could like reserve a number. So I remember I reserved uh, Al Chest like A L C H E S T for like all these different area codes. Okay. Because I was like, how'd I don't that, know, like, uh, how'd that work out? How did it work? I don't know. I haven't tried calling them recently. I wonder what happened. Those Google numbers were reserved. Um, but yeah, but but Ross is using Central Perks phone to talk to, to talk to Andre here. Well, he's yeah, he's using he's getting beeped on and he's calling yeah, the number the, on the beeper. So yeah, and I, I guess the point is that the number of the beeper he doesn't recognize, but that doesn't mean it's not Carol because she can right. go into labor anywhere. She could be called right. She could be calling yeah. from the hospital. She's going from the street. Yeah. Now it's a little weird that Ross is making I have a small penis jokes to strangers, right? Um, it's a little bit weird. Like, you know, I, I'm sorry, I do not provide his services and you'll be very disappointed in what I have instead. Like, <laughs> well, maybe he I'm just not... provides, he has just a regular size penis. Well, he's a not... jumbo penis. Yeah, exactly. But it's just, it's, it, it's weird that he's wasting the time making jokes to strangers who are calling for sex workers. Yeah. But yeah. 
Yeah, but not not Jumbo doesn't mean not good. <laughs> so Jimbo means an advertised penis. Jimbo has nothing to do with a penis. <laughs> well, that's the number they called. Because they, they were calling for Jumbo. Yeah, of course. They exactly. got Jimbo. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So she um phoebe goes on to talk about how she had such a great day at work everyone is so nice and chandler's like oh well you know you know they're probably just being nice to you because you know you're friends with me and phoebe's like no no one at works likes you (laughs) chandler's like what no one at work likes me and he's like well she's like you know you they, they liked you before like you became the boss but like now you're like not one of them anymore you're just mr boss man ming now boss man bing <laughs> And he's like, boss man Bing, I'm not boss man Bing. And she's like, yeah, yeah, they all do like, they do you, they do yeah. you. Like, can that report be any later? And yeah, and this, like, is, uh, this yeah. is the first ever, like Phoebe's Chandler impersonation here. That's the first time the show has explicitly called out the Chandler cadence, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, totally. okay. So this is that. Um, are, are we counting these or no? I, I, you want to count them? <laughs> ah, whatever, who cares? There's a lot of them this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, with yeah, Ross's so, The Hills Were Alive with the Sound of Music. Yes, yes. I vividly remember that line. Okay, and then and then the next line, which I've never understood, is my scones, my scones. Like, what does that mean? Um, I don't know, but it's really it's mostly just that he's talking with the same cadence. But but there's no cadence, it's just two words in that sentence. Yeah, but it still has that like Chandler way of talking. I don't all right, know. Okay, I I, yeah, I it think doesn't, it doesn't to me at all. I was very confused. And then of course he ends it with that is so not true. Yeah. Um, and so yes, we get we get three examples there. One actual Chandler, two people making fun of Chandler, but um, or three, I guess, because my scones, my scones, which I don't understand. How you just hate yeah. scones, so I think that's I, why. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, scones are that, bad. Well, that is so not true. I say. Yeah. Well, they're disgusting food. <laughs> um. So yeah, so we go back up to the apartment, and Monica and Ethan are you know hitting it off right where they left off last time. Ethan is doing this great, uh, let's say bit. I think it's a bit, right? Mm. Oh, um, you thought it was? Because I thought it was real, like in, you, you, you know, um, our uh, acquaintance, uh, Mark, with the birthmark? No. Uh, there, there, was a, there was a kid we knew in like uh, the teenage years whose name was Mark and who uh, told us once that he thought that, or he didn't tell us, it was discovered that he thought that birthmarks were called Marks because when he had birthmarks on his body and he'd point to his mom. So he thought you had birth Alex's? No, he thought they were just called births. He said that's a birth. He thought and, it was birth, comma, mark. Yeah, he was, his mom was saying that's a birth, Mark. <laughs> oh my so god. He, so as a teenager, he said, he said this, this, this is my birth. No. Um, and then he was and then it, that quickly be, discovered that he thought they were called births, and that was the reason why. Oh, it'd be so funnier yeah. if he thought that you had a birth, Alex. Yeah. Um, no, but and so I I to me birth Alexander, the, sorry. The, yeah, the, to me the Ethan Gunpoint story is sort of similar here. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, but no, listen, whatever. It's a, it's a, whoever wrote it. It's a good bit. Um, you know, yeah. why does everyone keep going to gunpoint? People are being yeah. robbed at gunpoint. Stop yeah. going there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a bit more bitty, I guess. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Okay. So Stan Kirsch. So what's the youngest that you'll accept him that he is here? Um, twenty-two. Okay. So same as me. Okay. Fine. All right. But which is basically what what Monica thinks he is at this point. Yeah. So I think he's believable as twenty-two. Yeah, unfortunately, he's not 22. So he's he's definitely not. Yeah. Um. So when things are about to take a turn up in the heat, 
um, Ethan wants to make a confession first. Yeah, um, there's nothing girls like uh, guys like telling Monica more than their lack of sex. Yeah, habit. seriously, this is yeah. like the second time. Should we track that? How many times Monica <laughs> has sex with supposed virgins? It, it's such a well, yeah. Our guy hasn't had sex in two years. Hasn't been able to get it up in two years. Is what it was. Oh right, right, right. Um, it wasn't, wasn't yeah, but it, it just seems like a weird move to tell a woman up front. But um, you know that, that's what uh, that's what all the guys are telling her because she. This uh, seems this seems to work. Yeah, she loves. I, guess to be I just character. never. I is never really just tried that outright. Yeah, the but... patheticness. <laughs> I guess I I guess I should have yeah. tried everything. No one has sex with me, so will you please do so? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be the first? Yeah. No one else uh, has got to try this before. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, it'll probably wants... be very good. Yeah, Monica wants to blaze new trails. Um. Yeah, okay. And so and of course it works and of course uh they have sex. Yes. And like his response here just it it annoys me because like he acts like someone who had like never hooked up with a girl like at all. Had never kissed a girl, had never done anything. Like he goes from like nothing to straight to sleeping with this like much older extremely beautiful woman. Um, <laughs> right. And like because er, like when he talked before he says to her in a strictly technical sense, he said that he was still a virgin. And the, I sort of took that like he was, you know, the way that, uh, you know, w- when at that stage in our lives, when we all were sort of uh, playing around with the technical sense and doing certain things and not other things. But like that, that was all a lie. Right. He in the strictly technical was he was just sort of delaying telling the, the truth, which is he's never done anything with the girl, basically, except for kiss her, possibly. Um, Just from his reaction. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because yeah, his reaction is just like, oh, my God, that's the greatest thing I've ever made in life. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not a guy who's, you know, hooked up with a couple of girls in, in high school, whatever. Now he's elevated it with uh, this Monica. It's a guy who's, yeah, somehow, again, uh, never had any luck with anyone in his life until this extremely. Yeah, I would say he maybe he did, did literally zero. But, yeah, he probably hasn't had much going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a yeah, he's a senior in high school. Although I guess he's a senior in high school that is dating a twenty six year old woman. Well, exactly, so, that's what I'm so saying. He, so he must have some game. More game than anybody. That's why it doesn't make any sense. You don't you don't go from zero to one hundred that fast. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And then of course I love when she yells at him. What were you thinking? To which the response I think should have been like, I thought I had a chance to have sex with Courtney Cox. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I was going to continue leaning into what seemed to be working towards <laughs> yes, that goal. Exactly. And then it's okay. So here's Monica saying that she's a felon in 48 states. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to assume that the senior in high school is still only 17 and has yet to turn 18. Because obviously, if he's 18, he's beyond the age of consent everywhere. Right. Well, if that's the case, then that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let's assume that he's 17 because you can't Fine. be any younger than 17 as a senior and as a senior in high school. And remember, this is like the spring already. It's almost the end of the year. Right. Okay. Um, if you uh if he is indeed only 17, she would not be a felon in 48 states, but 12 states. 38 states have an age of consent of 16 or 17. Mm. Which means in order to be a felon as she thinks she is, he would have to be 15. He'd have to be like a freshman. Is it stricter <laughs> now or then? Um, I don't know whether the age of consent has changed in the last 20 years. I didn't check that, but I don't think that there was a significant dramatic change here. So but um, uh, yes, if you know that your jurisdiction has changed its age of consent dramatically in some direction. Let us know. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but, yeah. Okay, so let's go back. Okay, so you said before that they've been on about four or five dates. Is that right? That was my rough guess, but a basis on nothing. Okay, because, well, this is what we know. So Monica. I mean, they're, they're dating long enough that it's, like, not obvious that they would have had sex by now, but it's not obvious that they that they wouldn't. Like, sure. It, but, like, but, they're definitely, like, they have but to it's be also, that range. Exactly. So it can't be, but it can't be long enough to justify First of all, Monica buys Ethan's story that he was saving himself for her. No, you were saving yourself for your first opportunity, which is what most teenage boys do. Um, <laughs> but now he's falling in love with her. 
Yeah, they had never done anything beyond kissing, and now he's he's falling in love with her. And like from her perspective, what were they waiting for? I don't know. Like he says he was waiting for the right person, but like, what did she think that she was waiting for? Oh, there's there's one thing I know about senior boys in college. They don't like having sex. Like, <laughs> um, I guess she was just like having a good time. I don't know. I don't know what people want to do when they start dating. I don't want to yeah, have sex well, right away with someone. Before we started recording, talking about Survivor, you said, I just assume people uh, are going to act in their own self-interest. And uh, my problem is that these characters are not acting in any kind of consistent self-interest here. No, none of the characters in Survivor. No, not none. But many of them are not either. Yeah, that's also true. But we're talking about friends. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're the one who switched topics. Yes, I did. I was going for an analogy there, and then um, and then and then Monica says she says, "Oh God, I'm like one of those women you see with shiny eyes, like Chad. I'm Joan Collins." So which Ethan says, "Who?" Which yeah. is a very funny joke to show how young he is. He doesn't get that reference. To right. which I say, "Who?" Right. I'm even younger than Ethan, and I don't get that reference. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get it either. I looked it up. She married her, her she she had five husbands, the fifth of which was 31 years younger than her. Okay. So it's this real double standard because like it's completely acceptable and normal. I don't know or or uh you know, unsurprising, let's say, right. for a man to marry a woman younger. Yes. Of course. But um Joan so Joan Collins 31 years and here uh 26 I guess it's 8 years even though or no, 9 years. He has to be 17, we said. Um, even though again he, he looks like he's minimum twenty two and more like uh, the twenty six that he actually is. Um, all right, so um, yeah, so so that that's the end of that scene. And Monica thinks she's a felon in forty eight states, but she's not. Yeah. Um. But let's go to the next dream. Yeah. So, well, first we have um, we, Ross is like coordinating oh, all of call. Andre's appointments because yeah. it's just like easier to just do it than <laughs> to yeah, argue so, with people. Isn't it not? Because then they call back angry. I don't know, but Ross is a pimp now, basically. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> well, except that he's not actually communicating with Andre, so he's not going to show up. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well he's thought this out. Yeah. What so... he's got to do is he's got to write down each number that calls him and keep it on a list so that when they call back to yell at him, he knows not to answer. Yeah. Um, so Chandler is like, all right, tell us the, the new dream you had. Mm. And we find out that Chandler had, sorry, Rachel had another sex dream involving Chandler. But this time it also involved Joey. Mm. Almost everybody's involved. Almost oh. everyone's involved. Yeah. And Ross has like great um, Heidi Strobel energy here. You're not going <laughs> to remember where this comes yes, from. Yes, Heidi. Yes. Season but do you, yeah. So do you, you don't you do you remember you're not going to remember this specific moment, but it's in the final tribal council mm-hmm. where like they each ask a question. And Heidi asks Jenna, like, if it wasn't, if like it wasn't you, like, who would you say was the most deserving of whoever like got voted out? And she answers Rob. And Heidi's like, well, is there anyone else? And she's like, no. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so it's exactly what Ross was like. Oh, is there anyone else who was yeah. in the dream? No, yeah. no, 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 that's it. It's, no. It turns out uh, she didn't, Jenna didn't need to say anyone else. No, she did just fine. So she actually didn't mess up there. Yeah, she still got her vote. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Ross, Ross would have been fine just being there even to serve mints. I suspect he would not be fine with that scenario, though. He's, yeah, he's, he's serving mints for his two friends to have an orgy with his, the girl he's in love with. Yeah, but there's Seems... a lot. That, yeah. So then and then Rachel, of course, starts to describe the specific, uh, you know, scenes and positions in the dream. Yeah, and she but... says there were times when it wasn't even me, which is the exact same joke. That Ross made about the threesome with Carol. That there were times he just made himself a sandwich. <laughs> um, so the 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 go to 
friends well, joke about a threesome. Is that but a that's, that we didn't have that joke yet? Oh, that hasn't come yet. No, because that's for <laughs> you're idiots. Wait, Ross that's, is a threesome with Carol in the future? No, in the, it's in the it's in the like it's the a, fake it's a flashback one. that no of the like with the the alternate scenario. It's not a real. Oh, thing. oh it's not even in the canon at all. You're saying it, there's Ross didn't have a threesome with. <laughs> Carol and uh well he tried but but all he ended up having was a sandwich <laughs> I, I think that was just I, th- I think yeah. that's the f- in, in the fake show oh uh, okay I right, could spoiler, be wrong. spoiler to something that didn't happen I don't well it's in the it's in the show I just don't think it's in part part of the real story I think yeah. that's my I, mean, I was wrong about Marcel though so I'm sorry I apologize yeah. if I called you an idiot and, yeah. and I'm the idiot yeah I don't and know. you could call me an idiot ah you? okay fine and then idiot I shall yeah um yeah so anyway so so now Monica comes in with the Walkman and she's very upset and i'm very disappointed here because the friends are all set up teed off to like make a joke about how young ethan young ethan really was right yes, yes. they all and know there all are them. so many jokes that joey slash the writers of friends could have gone with yeah and they went with a power rangers joke and it's just confusing to me yeah i mean it, it might just have been to- like timeliness like like that I, was made i guess the part i mean the power rangers were like really big at some point in like 94 95 so maybe right I- so they were very big at this time yeah but for people a little bit younger than us like my younger siblings i feel like my brother yeah no i mean this would but this also like power rangers would be like fifth grade not 12th grade obviously. yeah yeah so it's like well, as I said, yeah. well in 95 i was in seventh grade my brother was in fifth grade so yeah, yeah. So power grade. rangers were huge yeah my sister was really into Power Rangers. Mm. Ah, your sister, my brother. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they do their their morphing, whatever that is, which maybe yeah. people. Tyrannosaurus, Brontosaurus. Yeah. And then, oh, maybe that's why Ross became a, uh, a, a, paleontolo- uh, right. a paleontologist. Okay. And so then Phoebe gets up and then has a head rush. And I just I love this joke so much because it's like it's a continuation of her stoneness from last episode. And like, again, <laughs> whether she's high on life or high on whatever she's high on uh phoebe's having a great time and, and she's like we should all like aspire to be phoebe and early friends yeah yeah and um where and she I actually had... i actually just listened to a podcast interview mm-hmm. um on uh, fresh air that terry gross had with her uh with lisa kudrow about playing phoebe and she talked about it she said that the phoebe of the first couple of seasons is like a, a life that she's almost envious of because she has like she's basically so happy all the time because she doesn't worry about shit that like most of us worry about that box down our lives and prevents us from being as happy as Phoebe is. Right. Yeah. No, no. She's uh she's doing things right. Yeah. Um so sorry, I lost my place. So Phoebe's going to the birthday party. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Phoebe is uh, is heading to a work event and it's a work event that Chandler was not invited to. Mm. Um this being part of the whole them not liking him extravaganza. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I don't understand. Like I'm not a different person than I was a month ago just because I became the boss. And he's he's like, Okay, so why don't you just come and show them you could still be cool, but like we have to go separately. They can't know that I'm the like loser who invited the boss. Yeah. Um, so the next day, um, in his office, Chandler's like, I thought that went great. I had a great time. Everybody loves me again. Right. And he's yeah, so he like, says that he's saying Ebony and Ivory with Tracy. Um, <laughs> I'm going to assume that like, who, who is he playing there? Was he playing Ebony or Ivory? Cause I'm guessing he was probably playing I- Ivory. Sure. And I feel like it's a little risky for like boss man Bing to be singing a song like about like some uh, some African-American subordinate and like highlighting the uh, the racial difference there. Yeah, but uh, I guess that's why boss man Bing does what you know, that's why he's boss man Bing. Hey, he know he knows how to get the weenus. So yeah, that's all that, that's all that matters over there. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I really love the way this scene ends, which is like the way Phoebe sort of cuts Chandler off. He's like, I just want to, but you can't. But, you're, you know, like it's very, it reminds me of like when Kramer does that to Jerry or George. Yeah. And it's it's like, it's the, it's it's very funny in the same way because like Phoebe slash Kramer is sort of like the sillier character here. But with such confidence, they sort of just cut off the more sort of rational person and says like, what you're doing is like not an option. Like, you know, just admit it, like give it up. So yeah, uh, delightful ending to the scene. And really Phoebe's a delight across the episode. Yeah, she's uh, she's often a delight. Yeah. Um. Okay. So back over to CP, where um Ross is, you know, saying how you know now he has a system with Carol where if it's her and it's a baby, she should do nine one one. Anyone else, he's ignoring. Yeah. <laughs> um. And Ethan comes in and he wants to talk to Monica, and you know he's like telling her, you know, I, you know, regardless of any age, like I'm in love with you, like we're great together. The sex is awesome. Not that I have any frame of reference. Um, and Monica's like, I'm sorry, but like we don't live in biblical times. Us having a relationship is icky, yeah. and that's that. Well, no, but she says if we lived in biblical times, I would really love you. Yeah, and well. and this is just. Absurd to me. Monica, <laughs> now she loves him back. So it, it's just, it, it's so, it, this, this relationship, it really just sort of highlights how much of a neba Monica really is at this point. I think. <laughs> she literally because, legit just like fell ahead over heels for a high school kid. Who she dated like four times and who she had sex with once. Like, look in the mirror. You're, <laughs> you're Monica, you're Monica. You're, you're working as like a, I mean, yeah, she, she needs a little more confidence, this gal. Yeah. Maybe uh, the other Monica episode was right. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So back in the office, and Chandler and Phoebe walk in on some people in the office imitating him, and you know they're like, you know, they immediately switch to like complimenting him, but like he says, you know, he's thrown them a bone, and he like, you know, he does a, you know, he gives them a Chandlerism mm. for the for the road. Um, but then you know, he then tells Phoebe that he actually needs their name so he can bust them with uh, working on the weekend for weekend, him, for, yeah. for uh, for um, for making fun of him. So uh, yeah. he, can't, he can't actually handle it. Yeah. Um, we end off over at Monica and Rachel's, where Rachel has fallen asleep on the couch, and when Ross covers to cover her with a blanket, she begins to moan and say his name. Hmm. seemingly in a sex room about Ross. Yes. Ross gets so excited that he jumps up on the table to celebrate and then immediately falls on top <laughs> of her. Of course. Thus waking her up, which yeah. actually seems like it would have been the perfect moment because he was a, she was basically about to describe to him them having sex while he's like laying on top of her. Mm-hmm. But once again, Ross and Rachel does not happen because Ross has a beep. It is yep. from Carol. And the baby's on its way. Okay. Now, where is Monica while this whole scene is taking place? Having sex with a teenager, probably. Well, where? Um, at his parents' house. <laughs> because, and the reason I ask is because as we go to the post-credit scenes now, it's a continuation of the last scene where, but Ross is waiting for everybody to go so that he can go to the hospital. The one where everybody's late because everyone has to go with Ross to the hospital for some reason. Yes, exactly. So, so... Of course, yes. Why does everybody need to be in the hospital? <laughs> well, Joey, he, come on. Yeah, <laughs> we need he, Joey. Can, he can jump in a cab himself and his friends can come when they come. Days later, right. Yeah. Possibly. But, but specifically, 
it's Monica that he like as as we start the cross post credit scene, he's yelling, Monica, let's go, let's go, Monica. And so like, where was Monica? Like, where did Monica come from? Because they were he was sitting on he was sitting on the couch with Rachel. Joey and Chandler ostensibly were across the hall. We don't know where Monica was. Um, but yes, um, yes. But anyway, so Ross was in such a hurry that he's waiting for everybody, and then he's not exactly ready to be a dad. And so, uh, and that's our episode ends. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even really write so many notes for last night. I just wrote in big letters, "Why are they all going with him?" Yes, yes. It's really the only question. Well, um, oh yeah, he's my, he's my best friend. Who is your best friend? For, I think for a lot of reasons that you pointed out, I think the best friend's got to be Ethan. Um, Ethan does great. Uh, he's the high school kid who somehow meets Courtney Cox uh, and very quickly gets her to fall for him and sleep with him. And, you know, that's a, I think that's a, a, a nice week in the, uh, in the life of a high school senior. Yeah. Uh, who, is, uh, who is of a legal age? Yeah, hard to disagree. Yeah. If, if he's 17 or 18, either way, it's fine in New York. It's fine in 38 states. Just imagine being a senior in high school and getting to go on several dates with a woman as beautiful as uh, as our friend Monica Courtney Cox, 26-year-old woman, no less. It's complete madness. He's He is certainly the best friend. And now we got to segue to the fucking asshole. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. And for me, it's pretty clearly Monica. If a 26-year-old guy were dating a 17-year-old girl, I would say that he was a creep. And so... Uh, even if it was legal, which, which again, which I, I think it is. Um, and so I say, uh, just because we flipped the genders, it's not going to change my mind. It's uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. What is a gander anyway? Monica saying it's icky is underplaying it. I think it's like disturbing and almost like inherently abusive because of like the significant like power uh, disparity between them. So yeah, Monica, uh, stop having sex with, with teenagers. Yeah, I wrote also fucking asshole is Monica for borderline statutory rape. Um, I think that also automatically gets me her eggplant. Um, We're going to eggplant go already. Well, you know, it's all. It's some, sometimes it's just all the fucking asshole and the eggplant have got to be the same person when yeah. there's well, borderline yes. statutory rape involved. Yes, uh, I give her all the eggplants. We only have one eggplant each. Is that how it works, right? Yeah, it's weird though that we're that we're praising the the rape victim for his you know big you know well, score. Well, again, there's no rape. It's, there's nothing remotely. No, correct. You're correct. No, we're obviously, I'm using very over-the-top language. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> it, it's creepy for the older one. Yes. I mean, listen, like, when you're, that, that's that's why it's creepy, because you're taking advantage of it. I said borderline rape. Yes. <laughs> if, um, he was, if he was six months younger, it would be. It would be. Well, he wasn't, a, so it's fine. I do have a question about Ethan, um, because we, yeah. we, have, we have to compare him to Alan. <laughs> so I think Alan <laughs> will become the yardstick against which all future boyfriends will be measured. Um, he's much younger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he's 17 years old. He's worse. There, there's no 17 year old boy on earth who's better, <laughs> who's better than Alan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fair. Alan's really good at baseball. Yes, <laughs> he single handedly won that game. Yeah. Well, I would say that like uh, Bryce Harper when he was 17, he might have been better at baseball. He might have been. Yeah, but not at other things. Alan yeah. would never mispronounce the word meme. He's yeah, I mean, it, he. I guess they both have very good facial hair. Did Alan have facial hair? Oh, he had a beard. Yes, he had a short beard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So we each gave Monica an eggplant. Why it's dinner for six, five steaks, and an eggplant for BB. Uh, yeah. What What about the steaks, Av? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go heavy here. Um, I'm giving three to Chandler. Um, he's the you know he's the first one to be in the sex dreams, and he's in several of them. Um, I think he also had like the best lines. It's like it's like it's very much a episode about Chandler. 
um, in, in like a character sense. So like that's really fun. Um, I kind of wish we had had this last week. It's too bad Matthew Perry didn't live one more week so that we could have like a more, you know, Chandler-centric episode for his death episode. Um, but, you know, sometimes life doesn't go your way for both yeah. me and Matthew Perry. Um <laughs> So, so yeah, three three for Chandler, um, and then I'll go um, one to Rachel for having the sex dreams. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna give two to two to Rachel for having all the sex dreams because it's fun to have sex dreams. Yeah, sex dreams are fun. Um, I- I'm giving three to Rachel actually, much like you did to Chandler. Uh, she had a sex dream with Chandler. That's dream number one, and then she had a sex dream with Chandler and Joey, and then she had a sex dream with Ross. And she's gonna need a lot of energy. That's uh, that's three sex dreams. So that's three stakes for for Rachel, uh, Joey shared a Rachel sex dream with Chandler. Um, and then eventually he just had a sex dream with Chandler or, or I guess Rachel had a, a dream about Joey and Chandler having sex. Um, I will give him only half a stake, of course, because the other half of the stake has to go to his buddy, to his lover Chandler. So Chandler gets a half a stake from Joey, but he's boss man Bing. So he gets a stake of his own. So that's one and a half for Chandler. Okay. All right. So, uh, so Joey with a half Chandler with one and a half Phoebe, you know, as I said, I really love her vibe, but also she's like the one guilty of colliding the worlds here. And, you know, and friend uh, Central Park uh, Chandler clearly doesn't want uh, work Chandler to walk through that door. And so Phoebe sort of uh, takes advantage of her friend a little bit. And so I give her no stakes. And that leaves us with our poor friend Ross yet again, almost gets with Rachel. Now he's almost having a baby. And you know what, Ross, you almost get a stake. <laughs> not get a stake. Yeah, and on that note, let's uh, go to the postman. Postman! Postman, come here! Tell the neighborhood! I guess there was some screw-up at the damn post office. (laughs) 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 Tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the U.S. post office? No, more like U.S. lost office. (laughs) What are they, Irish? (laughs) Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew! Tell the neighborhood, indeed. We start off with Amir Bednarsh, who says the main storyline in this episode really doesn't work for me. The ick factor is a bit too on the nose. It's played for laughs in this episode, but if you switch the genders, for example, it's all of a sudden a bit more creepy. I had a hard time getting past that in terms of comedy. The Phoebe Chandler storyline worked well, and I do think that captured the feeling of growing up and being put in positions of authority. Overall, I give it a 2.8. I imagine this was discussed, but it's certainly ironic that Courtney Cox goes on to star in Cougar Town. Oh, that is true. We, it was not mm. discussed. Good mm. call. Good call. Um, Monica is right that the relationship would be illegal in a whole bunch of states, but not as many as what she makes it out to be. It's illegal in New York, as they set the age of 17. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, same idea as what you said. Monica's confusion is understandable given that the actor who plays Ethan was 27 without knowing the brand. I feel the safe to note that Monica's 90s Walkman headphones don't have a noise canceling feature. She could hear the gang just fine. Yes, for sure not. Probably true. Okay. Next is Elizabeth Berry, who says, Sorry, I didn't get my postman in last week, but I had a few thoughts about the tap dancing scene from the perspective of a dance teacher. <laughs> oh, okay. The dance teacher is not that bad. To her knowledge, the girls are playing are paying for a dance class. I would also encourage them to dance. I regularly tell my students, you dance a dance class. <laughs> What's weird is the giant bucket of stinky tap shoes in the corner. I have to think Jennifer Aniston has some tap experience or took some tap classes for this episode. That warm-up was not beginner whatsoever, and she's executing it correctly. Okay. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite a challenging dance. Yeah, so with. basically Elizabeth is annoyed because we called her the fucking asshole last week. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, it sounds like Fair. That. Understood. Yeah. Um, but it is funny how to the teacher, like, uh, you know what? 
I remember um, when we were in high school, so we took calculus AB, I think it was called, in 11th grade. Is that right? Mm, no, AB in 11th grade. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then if you I got... started BC in 12th grade and immediately quit because it got oh. way, way too, too hard. So I did something even worse than that, which is <laughs> I enrolled in calculus 2 in, in university in my 12th grade. Uh-huh. So I was like, well, I finished AB. So let me go do this. So I, uh, so I went to this class um, at YU because uh, in our 12th grade, we, our high school is on a college campus. So we could take college classes in 12th grade. Yeah, I know that. I went there, Alex. Thanks. Well, I'm explaining to the other. I'm kidding. I know. I know. Um, and so I signed up for, for, for calculus too. And the first day, the teacher who was like 87 years old, she says, we're going to start with something very easy, just a very brief review from calculus. <laughs> um, and she handed some pages out. And I looked at these pages and I did not know what the fuck was going on. I'm like, I don't know how I got a five of this test three months ago. I don't know what's happening here. And the class, I remember the class. It was me, Kravitz, Schwartz, Jaffe, and then like the five biggest nerds in YU. <laughs> uh, and for those that don't know, that was like me and the three other biggest nerds in, uh, in high school. Um, yeah. And I dropped out immediately because I was not on their level. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the last math calculus two, calculus 2 got really hard really fast. I, yeah. I, I also had that. That was even Calculus 2. That was review of Calculus 1, she said. <laughs> oh, right. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure they all knew it. Yeah, um, and that's literally the last high school uh, math. That's the last math class I took ever. So, um, yeah, I didn't take any math, and I had to take. I took like statistics. I guess that's kind of math. Mm, I had to and, take, yeah, and I took like some business classes that I had, like you know. I had to take a um, a pen. You had to take a QDAR, a quantitative data analysis reasoning or something, and so I took some class to qual. Oh, I remember what it was. I was a political. One of my majors was political science. I took a math and politics class. Oh, did you? Did they make, require you to sub specialize in being an anti semite? Um, well, the, the, you know, you only had to pretend the way that this math and politics class really only pretended to be involved in math at all. So you were able to blow off the poli sci yeah. class about being, uh, yeah, an anti semite. Yeah, remember poli sci? Yeah, anyway. yeah, no, we blew it off. Yeah, oh, so that's why you're not anti semite. Mm. Blew off the class. Yeah, um, yeah, apparently, uh, my alma mater, your law alma mater, uh, Jewish yeah. professors have been getting, uh, death threats, which is, uh, pleasant. Yeah, it's wonderful stuff. Yeah, great. Um, very proud. All right, let's go back to the, uh, yeah um elizabeth wants to know did you guys have a beeper i remember my older cousins getting beepers and it being such a big deal elizabeth sorry to be the ones to tell you your cousins are drug dealers yeah or maybe pregnant or maybe pregnant um 2.7 moot points best friend is ethan for losing it to monica and apparently being pretty decent at it but he's still worse than alan oh where do you think monica even met me met no where did she even meet ethan well, at Central Park, because that's the only place um, they ever That's go. the only place he goes. Um, yeah. Asshole is Chandler. Could he be any more hated at work? Stakes go one to Monica for passing for 22. One to Dream Chandler for the excellent dream score. Two for Phoebe for being an excellent co-worker. One to Joey for being generally funny, getting into Rachel's dream, and no one else really making a mark on this episode. The Eggplant. Russ has an overall tough episode. He spends the whole episode drooling over Rachel and jealous that she's dreaming of Chandler and Joey, lying to 55 Jumbo's customers, and waiting by his beeper for Carol to page. Okay, I think our next one is from Jim Crumley, who says this prequel to Cougar Town was a great return to form. <laughs> great job, Jim. Jimbo! Do you, do you guys have any Mrs. Robinson-esque dating stories? Definitely not for me. Mrs. Robinson means the person's older than you? Yeah. I mean, I dated somebody a year older than me. Nothing yeah, more than that. I don't think yeah. that counts. Yeah, um, any sexy dream stories? Nothing that comes to mind of yeah. worth sharing. Yeah. Um, Ross's storyline was the weak one, though 55 Jumbo still sounds like it should be a football play. Mm-hmm. 3.9 out of 5 moves. Come with guys, Ethan. He kept chasing his love for Monica despite her cougar tendencies. 
the fucking asshole is Santos. That was a poor Chandler impression. I guess that's one of the coworkers. Eggplant to Monica for ageism. One stake to Phoebe for being a good secretary. Surprisingly, one stake to Rachel for some interesting dreams. One stake to Ross for finally scoring with Rachel in her dreams. And two stakes for Chandler for growing into his heartless corporate career and getting some action in Rachel's dreams. Zach Brooks says, talk about ick factor. Do you guys think Matthew Perry was directed to enunciate his sentences like that? Or was this episode's joke written based on Perry's acting style? Um, I feel like he probably was doing it already a little bit, and they picked up on it and decided to make a joke out of it. Yeah, probably. Um, There's no way that this kid is in high school. Look at all that chest hair. No high school kid has that even back in the 90s. (laughs) Eggplant goes to Ethan. I disagree. I I sat directly behind a boy in, um, I guess, the equivalent of our homeroom. Was his his nickname Beast? No. (laughs) A different kid in our class who, uh, forget about chest hair, his back hair was so extreme that, like, his hair went down from his head, just down his neck into, like, under his shirt. And like there was no gap. It was just hair all the way down. <laughs> like it went from shirt to head hair. And not because it was like long, it was short. It was just uh <laughs> present all the way down. Yeah. So yeah, some uh so, some people uh have different uh hair uh, layouts than others at different ages. I agree with that general statement. <laughs> um he says the eggplant goes to Ethan for entrapment, steaks go to stud muffin dream ross, the new hand dryers in the bathroom, and cliffhangers. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. 2.5 moves saved by the ending. And finally, we go to L. Olin Allen, who says, rest in peace, Dan Kirsch. Hopefully, I'm not needed yeah. to do an RAP for every week now. Oh. Yeah, I did see that also. Sorry to hear. Died in, uh, I think, uh, by suicide, allegedly. Ooh. So, yeah, so Thanks. sad. Unfortunately, 2020. Listen, Sorry, 2020 was not a great year for a lot of people. No. Um, nice, fun performance as Ethan and definitely didn't come across as a high schooler student at all. Can see why Monica was fooled or maybe she was just auditioning for Cougar Town. So lots of people made the joke that we missed. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Good, good. No, good job by all. Bad job by us. Stakes. Two to Phoebe. Managing the friend workplace relationship with Chandler. One to Chandler for exploring his new role as the not friendly boss and embracing it. One to Joey for looking out for Phoebe and needing some good meat for his sandwich. And one to Rachel for sharing her dreams and amusing her friends. The eggplant goes to Ross. Why does he need an entire entourage to confront poor Susan? Yes. Decent pratfall, though, off the couch. Best mm. friends are the workmates for their great impressions of Chandler. Fucking asshole can't decide between Ethan and Monica, so we'll give it to Ross. 2.2 moo points. Nice to see my two faces, Phoebe and Chandler, managing to hook up, but rather unmemorable otherwise. Okay. This is all a moo point. Huh. A moo point? Yeah. It's Moo. Uh, what about you? How many Moo points? Um, I will say that this is a... Uh, I thought this was solid. Um, yeah, I mean, we definitely pointed out some silliness with, like, the age and all this stuff with... Um, but just, like, as a storyline by itself, kind of, like, in a vacuum, I really kind of enjoyed the Monica-Ethan storyline. Um, and I'll say that the episode overall, with Chandler's antics being very fun as well, um, I'll give it a 3.3. So just, like, a little cut above average. Yeah, I'm going to go with what I wrote in my notes here when I watched the episode, uh, not when I recorded this podcast this evening, and it sounded like I was a lot more down on it, but I really liked the episode um, when I graded it. Perhaps it was just the bounce back from last week, which I really disliked. I gave it uh, 3.8 moves, which makes it the eighth best episode for me. Uh, But what about uh, when we roll in your 3.3 and the listeners, where we finish? 
Yeah, with the listeners who gave it a 2.8. Haters. You're a 3.8. Yeah, and my 3.3. It averages out to like exactly me, 3.31, ninth overall episode. So right, you know, right in that middle part of the curve. Yeah, right, I right in the meaty so, portion. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just a little, I, I got a little bit of grade inflation on the show compared to the other shows where I was always sort of the harsher grader. So, yeah, interesting. I suppose. Uh, uh, flipping roles there. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> Next week, I don't know if we get any flipping roles per se. We do get uh, the final two episodes of this season are the according to the consensus public rankings, the third and fourth best episodes of the season remaining. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, uh, let's get into it. We're going to have some exciting stuff, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. Next week will be the one with the birth, which okay. I assume will be about a character named Mark who has uh, <laughs> like a skin coloration on his skin. I, what um, else? Yeah. If, if oh, it's hi, Mark. something else, I'm about to be very surprised. That's yeah. right. All right. Um, well, you better come back and let us know if we're wrong. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Get a life, Jews.